Welcome to the Mythical Jesus podcast, where we tackle the Christ of Faith seriously. You can visit our website at ChristofFaith.org. That's ChristofFaith.org. Our goal here is to explore with new eyes the life of Jesus Christ, to do so with a emphasis on development and humanity and looking at the human experience through the life of of Jesus. If you like what you hear, would you please consider becoming a recurring donator by going to christoffaith.org and clicking the donate button in the top header. Make a donation, have it be a recurring monthly donation, or if you want, make it a one-time donation. There are several amounts there, or you can choose the amount yourself. Also, feel free to explore the website. On the site, you will find tools, resources, documents to help you in your faith development and to better understand Jesus, the teacher, and his role in that. And now, on to what you've been waiting to hear. Come thou fount of every blessing. Here we are, back for another episode. We are in Mark chapter 6. Look, we've gotten this far and we are still in these early chapters of Mark. Isn't that fun? And we've got so much stuff to explore, and so we may have years and years of conversation here going on. Again, hope you'll support the podcast. Go to ChristofFaith.org, click the donate button. Today we're in Mark chapter 6, verse 1. We will probably work our way up to about verse 6. Jesus left that part of the country, and so so he's left. He's left uh, this space where Jairus and uh, and his daughter, who got healed in the last episode, this space where the woman had the continual bleeding, uh, and she was healed by touching Jesus' garment. Um, and, and so here we are, Jesus leaves that part of the country and returns with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. And uh, we should note, at least from like the scholarship, scholars debate even today whether Nazareth existed. Um, there is debate on whether it was a big enough area that people actually were there and had a community. Uh, there's debate whether um, he's a Nazarene, but that the Nazarenes maybe didn't have a hometown called Nazareth. I simply want to acknowledge that data, and but recognize that the story tells us that Jesus and his disciples go back to Nazareth, his hometown. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many who heard him were amazed. In Christianity, we tell a story. And the story we tell is that Jesus is the first Christian. So in spite of his growing up as a Jewish man, what he is doing in the New Testament is establishing Christianity. So we tell ourselves that Jesus is going into the synagogue. He doesn't really have permission but he takes over the synagogue and he's teaching the people essentially the, the beginnings of Christianity, offering them the differences of what Christianity will be versus where the Jewish faith stands. And that story doesn't hold up. It doesn't hold up to scholarship. It doesn't hold up to the text. And so us Christians, we have to tell a different story. And that story is that Jesus is by all means a Jew. And that when Jesus goes into the synagogue, he is operating within the Jewish faith as a Jew. And I think this is important, not necessarily here in this particular story, but as we move through the scriptural canon in the New Testament. 
So it says, many who heard him in the synagogue were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and power to perform such miracles? This sentence is important. Jesus is raised here. His family is here. He leaves to begin his, his mission, whatever that is, to begin his uh, seeing himself and feeling impressed that he is to be a teacher, a teacher of God. And so he leaves Nazareth and he goes out into the country. He accumulates these disciples and these followers. He becomes essentially a rabbi or in some terms today, maybe a guru, right? A spiritual guru. And so he begins to teach the people and his teaching seems to move things within them that they are attracted to him, that they follow him, that they become his disciples. And now the people in Nazareth who knew him as a child are wondering, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? When he left, he didn't have that. Then he comes back and he is changed. He is different. He is wiser. Then they scoffed. So immediately our brains, now put yourself in these people's perspectives. This crowd initially goes like, wow, something's really cool about this guy. He has a lot of wisdom. He's performing miracles. Where did he get all of that? Then immediately our ego jumps in. And if you understand the ego, the ego keeps us from being present It wants to make judgments. It wants to judge the past. It wants to figure out the future. It struggles to live in the moment. The question, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles is a present moment thought that comes from outside the ego at our more whole self. But then the ego comes in. Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. They were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. You see, the first moment, the wholeness was there, and they sensed something bigger within him, and they appreciated it, and they wondered where it came from. And yet immediately, their ego comes out. And they begin to make judgments. And when we make judgments like this, we distance ourselves from any kind of safe space in order to hear wisdom and to grow. In other words, they have cut themselves off from the living vine, the living tree, by making judgments about this man who they first perceived wisdom in and then said, but wait a minute, we know this guy, we know his family, we don't have to listen to anything this guy has to say. And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown, among his relatives and his own family. This is true. When people know us well enough to know our shadows to know the errors we've made in the past, to know the limitations of our upbringing, our financial status, our education. When people know us well enough, they often make judgments that discount and diminish us. 
So Jesus here teaches a truth. I, I know that in my own life, people who have listened to this podcast or other work that I have done, they come to me only knowing those things and they say, Bill, like we really appreciate your wisdom. You've helped us out a lot. You've helped us sort through the messiness of religious systems. You've helped us sort through my own messiness as I try to develop. And when I, and when I go into the presence of my, my family, my either immediate family with my parents and my brother, or even my wife's family with my in-laws and my, my uh, sister-in-laws and brother-in-laws, there is no recognition of any inner wisdom. Nobody wants to ask questions or hear answers. Nobody wants to talk about deep things. And it isn't, again, the ego on me would be like, hey, I'm wise, you should listen to me. And no doubt that goes on because I have ego. But the reality is that when we are able to set some of that ego aside, we ought to honor that we, those of us listening to this right now, for instance, we want to sit with wise voices. We want to sit with wisdom. When I have the opportunity to hear Richard Rohr or John Shelby Spong or Rob Bell or the Liturgist podcast or Jordan Peterson or Sam Harris or Eckhart Tolle, I know I'm in the presence of wise voices and I don't give two licks about what their upbringing was whether they're financially secure or not, whether they graduated college or not, whether they've made a million dollars thus far or not. I don't care about any of that. I don't care what the shadows are in their personal life. I don't care because I hear the wise voice and I immediately know inside my gut that, whoa, wait a minute, slow down. There's wisdom there. Let me listen. And yet... Those same people, I'm guessing, get discounted or diminished in some way by those who are closest to them, who know like, hey, that's Jordan Peterson. Remember when he was 12 and he did this? Remember when he screwed up his life when he was 25 and did this? And that's what we do. But that's ego that does that. It's ego that needs a hierarchy. It's ego that needs us to be above others and them to hence be less than us. It's ego that does that. And if we set ego aside, and it's hardest when it's those closest to you, when we set ego aside and just sit with another person and explore the wisdom that is inside of them, we are at our healthiest and we are most present. Jesus says, and because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick, a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. He had come back to his family. He had come back to his neighbors. He had come back to his hometown community to share with them his inner wisdom And they made judgments collectively about who he is and why his voice should not be heard. And they hence distanced themselves from his inner wisdom and they essentially cut themselves off 
from an opportunity to sit with that wisdom and to learn something about themselves. The caution here seems to be for us to sit with others without judgment. Let's not decide somebody is dumber than us or smarter than us. Let's not decide someone is wealthier than us or poorer than us. Let's not decide that somebody is more educated or less educated than us. Let's just sit in the space of those we are with and let's just be present and let's just give opportunities for the inner wisdom within our humanity to be on display so that each of us can learn and grow. Being present without judgment makes all the difference in the world and without it, Jesus is amazed at our unbelief. Until next time, this is the Mythical Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Real. Can't wait to see you. Until then. Come thou fount of every blessing Tune my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing